Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. You have uh, missed out greatly if you had to work and couldn't be with us uh, for the last few days. Barry Thiessen is uh, someone we don't ever get to see enough for Amy and I. And uh, his wife, Natasha, his two kids, they are wonderful, lovely people. His kids are cute and lovely. Um, He is the associate pastor at City Life Church in Chilliwack, B.C. We've known Barry for actually a long time now, um, like 10, 12 years probably since we first, maybe even longer since we first met. And Barry, this is his at least his second second time up to share with our youth for some kind of event. Uh, but, But for you adults and for you littles that are here this morning, I just want you to prepare your heart, open your heart for what God has to say, because even though this is teen camp, it is everybody camp at the same time and and the Holy Spirit wants to impart to each one of us um, just as he sees fit for the season of our individual lives and so Barry why don't you come and uh, just share with us whatever it is God's put on your heart for people and the message give it man all right I want to just share with uh, with a couple people before I get into my message and uh, I want to say I wasn't planning on on doing anything this morning but uh saw a couple people and felt like I wanted to share. Amen. I think that's it. All right. Well, uh, today, man, I've had a great time at camp. I'm physically exhausted, and that's partially because we haven't been sleeping in our cabin because Noah's been snoring, and uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Devin actually went and slept in the car for two hours last night. I'm (laughs) I'm not trying to expose anyone here, but Noah's snoring. And uh, Devin, <laughs> I'm told, I don't remember this, I, Jonas actually asked this morning, he, he said, he said to the guys, he said, man, uh, did, did Noah snore less than he did last night? And, and, and I was like, I, dude, I think he did great. Like, I, I slept pretty good, and Devin was like, well, I slept in the car for two hours this morning because he woke me up and I could not fall back asleep. So I'm told that Devin woke up in the middle of the night shining his flashlight on Noah threw a pair of socks at Noah's head, and Noah was like, please, stop it, and then went back to sleep and continued to snore. Anyways, physically exhausted, but uh, man, I got to tell you, uh, man, my spirit is built up. You know, I've had a great time uh, being at camp over the week. I think the boys have too, and uh, I, I, I didn't get to bring my wife. Some of you may have met her before, uh, but she's at home. She's building, uh, I shouldn't say she, well, she is alone right now. Uh, she's continuing, that sounds like something's going to fall down and it scares me. Um, she's at home building our house right now. We're building one. Uh, we're currently living with my mom and dad. We've been doing that for about a year and, uh, actually 13, 14 months. So you can pray for us. We're almost done though. Um, my kids are at home, Scarlett, 10, Jax, he's eight, but I did bring the next best thing. I brought the boys. It's been a blast. Um, and I want to just take a minute though. And I want to thank pastors Travis and Amy for having us here. Like it's, I mean, I mean, he said it, you know, we don't, I mean, we don't get to see each other enough. It's been so awesome. And, and if I could say one thing, and I've said it a number of times while I've been here, and even to the guys, like the, just the culture at this church is just a, it's, it's a privilege to be part of. And I don't know if you guys really know that as people who are in it all the time. Like you, you just kind of feel like that it, like it is what it is. It, and like we enjoy it and it's cool. But I mean, if you go to other churches, you can sense when there are things that are not healthy. And there's just something, and I think I described it this way. There's two things that I would uh, describe this culture as. One, it's normal, which is awesome. Like, we're not, like, it's not weird. Like, we're just, we're living regular life together. And I love that. Like, I love that. And I think 
Again, you might think that's like, okay, like it's just what we do. Well, it's not what everyone does. You know, it's not everyone is normal. And the second thing I love about this church, it's fun. It's fun. We have a lot of fun. We stay up. We, again, physically exhausted. I think I went to bed at like 2 a.m. last night. And we told Noah, Noah, you have to stay up until 3, okay? We got to get to sleep. Um, but it's just fun, you know, hanging out, talking to people. And, and it, I mean, this is a great church. If you come here all the time, man, you are lucky to call Generations Church home. Why don't you guys give yourselves a round of applause? It's awesome. Um, I, uh, I used to be the youth pastor in our church for uh, over a decade. I was the youth pastor for uh, just over 10 years. Uh, I transitioned out of that role and handed it off to uh, a guy named Dayton Erling. Uh, in 2020, right kind of in the height of COVID, which was, I, so, I felt so bad for Dayton. It's a, ter- a terrible time to try to take over a youth ministry, but he did it. He's doing great. And uh, youth ministry was a lot of fun. And I think to some degree, I, I, I think there will always be like a little bit of youth pastor in me. Like, I love youth. I love young people. I love getting around them. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but I want to preach a message today. And I, I don't even know if I would call it preaching, maybe, maybe more or less sharing with you. Uh, I want to share with you uh, things I wish I had said more as a youth pastor. And uh, I want to share that with you because, uh, one, young people, I think it's good for you to hear. And two, uh, for those of you who are adults in the room here today, you've heard that old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, and I think it's, it's helpful if you can hear some of the things that I wish I had said. I had contact with youth on a daily basis. And if you can hear some of the things that... Uh, I wish I had said more. Maybe it will be helpful to you in some of your interactions with youth in, in terms of helping disciple them and, and helping them be all that God's called them to be. And so uh, the first thing that I wish that I... No, you know what? First, do you want to hear my favorite story as a youth pastor? My favorite thing that ever happened as a youth pastor, we went to a youth conference in Portland called Generation Unleashed. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Okay. So we went to a youth conference called Generation Unleashed in Portland. Uh, so we would drive five and a half hours, take the youth, and uh, we were going to bed this one night. It was the first night we were there. And uh, we, in, in our youth ministry, we had uh, about 30 to 40, like we would consider them to be at-risk youth that were coming out every week. And uh, they decided, like there's probably four or five of them that wanted to come on the trip. And the first night that we were there, uh, it's like, it's, it's no word of lie, it's 2 a.m., and uh, I get a knock on our door. All the guys are sleeping in one room together. And it was, uh, things were so crazy. I, I would, I positioned my mattress in front of the door so people couldn't escape. Like that's how, that's how uh, crazy our youth was. We would sneak out of the room and just do things we shouldn't be doing. And so I was sleeping in front of the door. I get a knock on the door at 2 a.m. I open it. And one of my youth leaders, Beth Lowen, is sitting there. And I'm like, I'm half asleep. Like, and she's like, hey, uh... This girl, she took too many sleeping pills, and she doesn't feel very good. And I said, well, that's not good. Um, can, you, uh, can you go, uh, can you go, like, just, just deal with it. Like, just see, well, like, what do we got to do? Maybe phone her mom. And uh, so she, she leaves, and she comes back. It's about 20 minutes later, and she says, hey, this girl, I'll even tell you her name because she's not here. Uh, Caitlin, she's, she's still not feeling very good. Uh, she might have to, she, like, she might have to go to the hospital to get her stomach pumped, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And so we get on. Uh, I, I come out. We go. We uh, we call her mom, and uh, her mom's like, okay, well, I don't have health insurance. Like, we didn't get travel insurance. And so I told her mom, I said, look, if we take Caitlin to the hospital right now, it's it's probably going to be thousands of dollars uh, to take her to a hospital in the states. Like, it's going to be a big bill because you don't have health insurance. What do you want us to do? And she said, well, just get her to drink some water and maybe throw them up. 
And uh, so I, I said, okay, well, I don't know what she's taken. I don't know how serious it is. And so the girls are looking at the ingredients to these pills that she's taken. Uh, and it turns out that she hadn't taken sleeping pills at all. Um, she had taken some other pill, and she was reading the ingredients in the pill and the side effects of them. And one of the side effects was diarrhea. And, uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm looking this up on my phone, these side effects. And I looked, I, and I'm reading these things, and I said, uh, one of the side effects, diarrhea. And I looked over at the girl. I said, and, and she looks at me, and she goes, that <laughs> she had bad diarrhea. And so we, uh, I told, I, I, I'm on the phone with her mom. I said, hey. I said, I, Karen, I think she's going to be okay. She's, gonna just work. she's just going to pass these things through. She doesn't need to go to the hospital. We're going to go ahead and hung up the phone, and it was an awesome time. But uh, it was a good time. Uh, Caitlin was okay. She survived. But the first, thing, the first thing that I wish I had told young people uh, more often, the first thing that I wish I had said more was read your Bible. Read your Bible. And uh, I know, like, sitting here, like, that's not, it's not sexy. It's not glamorous. Like, you're, like you, really, like, that's the thing that you wish that you could have told young people a little, more, a little bit more, read your Bible? Yeah, absolutely. The Bible says this, Psalm 119, verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, the Bible says that it's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. The Bible in Psalm 19, uh, verse, uh, I don't even know what verse it is. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, it revives the soul. The Bible, I think it's in 2 Timothy, he says, all scripture, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correct it, correcting, uh, training in righteousness, all these things. And I can't tell you, I have sat in a tremendous amount of meetings over the last 12 years in my career in ministry, and, and, and honestly, some situations that were like, they're, they're hanging in the balance, you know? Like, there's young people that are being abused by their mom and dad. There's uh, young people that are uh, pregnant. There's young people that are wondering what to do. Like, what do I do? Like, and there's like these super serious situ situations, that, and these people need help. And I know for me as a pastor, it was really easy to feel like this heavy weight sitting on me in meetings knowing, hey, this person right now wants a word from the Lord from me. And I'm not saying, it's an impact driver, guys. Um, I'm not saying that, uh, like, I want to be lazy in meetings, just be like, I don't want to be that guy that's sitting in a meeting and someone's, like, bearing their soul to me, you know, like, oh, pastor, I'm just having the hardest time. Well, if you just read your Bible, you'll be fine, you know, like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be, but I've also been in meetings where I can tell that this person is coming to me for an answer, and the reality is, is they're just being lazy. Like, they're just being lazy, and they're saying, hey, like, I want you to solve my problem for me by giving me, like, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, like, give me some counsel, and look, I've seen young people do a lot of really stupid things, and I think that, uh, I guess, maybe one of my observations as a young, uh, as a youth pastor, and I think one of the things that I, uh, one, of, one of the biggest goals that I could do, or one of the best things that I could do for young people, and I think one of the best things that we can continue to do for young people is teach them how to hear the voice of the Lord for themselves. You know, and the primary way that God has chosen to reveal himself to us is through this book. And if I can teach people to read the Bible and hear God speak to them, giving them their own word of wisdom, their own word of knowledge for a situation, I think that it would prevent uh, a lot of situations. You know, and it if we don't know the word of God, I think it's really difficult to know God. And I think that, that, I guess the issue that I've seen, and this is for a lot of us now, certainly, we live in like uh, an instant gratification culture. You know, you put your food in the microwave for five minutes, bang, you got a meal. You know, like we don't even, we don't even have to watch commercials anymore. 
Like young people, like young people don't know what that's like unless they're watching like a live event. Like I, I saw this meme a little while ago. Like no, nobody, young kids don't know the thrill anymore of a, of a show going to commercial and you had to like stand up from your chair and sprint to the bathroom if you had to go. And if you had a sibling, you were like, I tap my chair, don't sit there. And you go to the bathroom and you would come back. And if you missed like even 10 seconds of the show, it wasn't like you were rewinding and being like, like it doesn't exist. And now it's just like Netflix. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just pause it, you know? It's an instant gratification culture that we live in. And so now what we experience is, I think young people, when they have an issue or a problem, what we can tend to do is go, okay, I'll go on YouTube for a solution, or I'll go on TikTok for a solution. I'll go to this influencer, and maybe, the, the, maybe they'll have an answer for me. When I think, or I hope that we can, as, as, as people who are mentoring the next generation, I hope that we can point them to the word of God and say, hey, like, go get a word from the Lord. And I hope you, as, as young people, can say, you know what, man, I need to hear the voice of the Lord. And you know what? Um, cliches are cliches for a reason. Like when people say, hey, you should read your Bible and pray every day, cliches are cliches for a reason. It's usually because they work, you know? Like I, I think that we could probably prevent a lot of problems in our lives if we actually had a discipline of giving ourselves to the word of God, hearing him every day. And you guys are living even more, more than ever in a, in a time that challenges truth. And I want to tell you, there is objective truth that's found in the word of God. You can have it. And the second thing that I wish I had told young people more often and this one's really important. If you're taking notes, you should write this down. The second thing that I wish that I had told young people more often is this. You are being an idiot. I'm serious. You are being an idiot. I, I wish I had said it more. You know, when, uh, so a little bit about me. When I was, uh, I struggled big time with like the fear, like just fear, fear of men. When I was like 17, 18, 19, 20 just always worrying what people thought of me. And honestly, some of those tendencies crept into my first years as a youth pastor. You know, I'm trying to establish myself. I had taken over for a youth pastor who had served in our church for 10, 12 years, uh, established a re uh, relationship with a lot of people in or with a lot of youth in our youth ministry and obviously a lot of people in the church. And so for me as a youth pastor taking over for the legend, Pastor Todd Lewick, I had huge shoes to fill. And so I, I felt like, man, if, I'm, like, if I say you know, anything remotely controversial or if I say anything remotely challenging, I'm going to lose these kids. Like, these kids aren't going to listen to me. And so I battled fear for a long time in, in, in my youth ministry, you know, trying to be, build relationships and just be cool and just be there for them. And, and, and you know, I, I think as time went on, I probably got a little bit better at that. And uh, I would probably say that there's probably some youth in our, uh, in our youth ministry that would say that I grew in that too much. You know, like he called me an idiot way too many times, you know, and he probably could have been a little bit more gracious. In fact, some of the guys on the front row here have probably been recipients of me telling them that they're being idiots, you know. And, you know, but I wish, I honestly think that I wish I had said it more because the Bible says this in Proverbs 27 verse 6. It says, uh, it says faithful are the wounds of a friend but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Man, I think that uh, we live in a generation that could probably use a few more faithful wounds. And I'm not saying that they need to come from, that's a mosquito. Uh, I'm not saying that they need to come from me all the time. I think that we need to surround ourselves with people in our lives. If you're a youth here, you need to get yourself some friends. If you're a parent here, you got to surround yourself with some peers in your group that are willing to, to, to give you some faithful wounds. 
to tell you, hey, you know what? This thing is, is not serving you right now, and I think that it would go well for you if you dealt with this in your life. And, and, and I think, I don't know, call it an epidemic. I think that we live in a generation that desires approval so much from other people. And, and I think that maybe sometimes it has come at the expense of honesty. What I mean by that is that you can see like a glaring issue in someone's life and just kind of be like, oh, you know, maybe we can just leave that one. Because we kind of feel like, man, is my honesty with this person going to cost me the relationship? Maybe, but your lack of honesty might cost them their life. You know? And I don't mean, I don't mean physically, but I mean, if it, like, let's say in a marriage for sure, like if you see some marriage patterns and habits in, in someone that you know, and you say, hey man, this, like this habit is not serving you, it's going to end poorly. If you're kind of like, oh man, I don't want the relationship to end poorly, you know, I don't want to be that person. Okay, well, what if your lack of honesty causes the marriage to blow up and end in divorce? I rather would have been honest and said what I, what, what I felt was in my heart to say than just kind of be like, ah. And don't get me wrong, there's a right way to say that, you know, but, but I think we live in, in that day where we're so afraid because the Bible says, hey, don't judge other people. Don't judge. Well, can I give a little, like, a, maybe a little bit of a different side of the coin to that? Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 5, I think it is, he's dealing with an issue in the church, and he says, hey, what business is it of mine to judge those that are outside the church? God will do that. But he actually says to the people, he says, it is your business to judge those that are inside the church. If I see, if you see behavior that is incompatible with Christianity, it is absolutely your job to call it out. Absolutely. And if you have to wonder, if you're, if, you know, if, if, if I'm talking to Devin and I feel like I got a good relationship with Devin and I can tell him that, then yeah, absolutely. But you know what? Someone in the room here who has never met Devin before, it's probably not your job to do that. You know, and if you have to wonder, if you see something in someone's life and you're kind of like, man, I wonder if I should tell them that they're being an idiot. You know, if you have to wonder if you are the person, you're probably not the person. You know, you can go to Pastor Travis, Pastor Amy, one of the leaders in the church and say, hey, I just maybe like maybe and maybe I'm way off. You know, we have an attitude of humility about it. You know, maybe I'm way off. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys know something that I don't. But I just see something that's maybe just a little bit concerning to me that I think that we should maybe deal with that, but I think that we got to be bold about calling stuff out in people's lives. You know, there's this passage of scripture in Ezekiel that talks about watchmen on the wall. I don't know if you've read that before. Uh, and, and what a watchman would do is he would stand in, he would either stand on the wall in a city, uh, and, and cities were often guarded by these, oh man, are we okay back there? Um, we're good. Uh, watchmen, watchmen would, uh, they, they would, they would surround cities with walls to protect them from military invasion. And so a watchman would stand on the wall or they would stand in a tower, uh, and they would warn of impending danger. Now, this interesting passage of scripture in Ezekiel says this, he says, if a, if a watchman sees trouble coming and he warns the people and they do nothing, I will require their blood at their own hand. But then he goes on to say this, he says, if, 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 if the watchman sees danger coming and he does not warn the people and disaster befalls them, I will require the blood at the watchman's hand. And that is a, an extremely sobering passage of scripture to me. Because I think, holy smokes, like it's my responsibility as a pastor, as people, as a person who has friends that are close to me, man, it's actually my job to to look and watch out for other people and warn of impending danger. And this is what I would say to you, young people. 
I think that sometimes we can, like, I'll say this, just because you don't see it, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not coming. Because you have people in your lives, parents, youth pastors, pastors, leaders in this church, you have people that have a different perspective than you do right now. If I'm sitting up here at the, at, the front of the, at the front of the auditorium kneeling, I can't see the porta potty that's outside this tent right now. But if I stand, and it doesn't mean it's not there. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. But if I just move a little bit over here, I can see the porta potty very clearly. And that's the role of, of people in your lives to have a different perspective, a different approach that's full of wisdom, knowledge, life experience. And sometimes we just get so angry with people saying, telling us, hey, this is how this is going to turn out. And you're kind of, ah, it's not going to happen to me. But what the reality is, is that there are people that are standing in a different position with different perspective than you in your life that are trying to act as watchmen. And so when I tell kids, you are being an idiot. I'm not saying it just to be hard. I'm saying it to warn of impending danger that I see. And I think that for me as a youth pastor, I wonder if I had been just a little bit more bold in telling people what I saw. I wonder if it could have prevented some blow-ups in people's lives. I think what we want is the flattery. We want the kisses, but sometimes what we need are the wounds. And young people, I think that you have to be okay with getting a little bit more wounds in your life. And the last thing I would say, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. The last thing I would say, and I promise this one is much more gentle than you're being an idiot. In fact, you should, you should underline this one. You should write it down, underline it, bold it, star it, all of the above. The last thing that I wish that I had said to young people more often is that I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Oh, boy, I might get emotional talking about this. Um, Okay, get it together, Tyson. I wish I had said I'm proud of you more often. You know, because I think that, you know, when you say things like that to, to young people, there is a certain level of vulnerability that comes with encouragement. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. You know, you're kind of opening yourselves up. And, and, and you know what it's like, too, right? Someone comes up to you and they encourage you and you're kind of like, oh, Stop it. <laughs> oh, face goes red. And then and it's, it, it can kind of get awkward. And, and, you know, so you say stuff like that, and you're kind of like, man, I don't know if I want to do that again because that was really weird and awkward. You know, I wish that I had told young people more often that I'm proud of them. I really do. And don't make, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't make any mistakes. I did tell kids that I was proud of them. I just wish I had done it more. You know, parents, I don't, and, and I, I understand that you get this. Young people are growing up in a different time than we did. They really are. You know, like, I I remember, like, just think about this for a second. When my parents, my dad's 65, he just retired. If my dad wanted to watch pornography, he had to go to the store to buy a magazine, to look someone in the eye to purchase this thing. He had to look someone in the eye to get a magazine and go home, and he would, and he could, he could look at pornography. You know, my generation, you had to be really sneaky. And if, you, hey, I'm going to wait for my parents to leave the house and get on our dial-up internet, and I can Google search something and go on a website. And, and now, these kids right now, they're walking around with pornography 24-7 in their pockets. Can't get it in my pocket. Walking around with pornography in their pockets. Yeah, it's the same issues. It's lust, it's perversion, it's sexuality. It's the same issues, but it's a different ballpark. It is. 
And I think that we have to have a tremendous amount of compassion for young people and what they're facing today. Man, I am proud that young people are doing their very best to serve the Lord with all of their hearts. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. And, and sometimes it was so easy for me as a youth pastor to be like, man, you are being an idiot. You know, and forget to tell them, man, you know what? I see that step that you took back there. I'm proud of you. You know what? I know that your mommy, I think about, I think about this girl that we had living with us, Kaylee. You know, it was so easy for me to see, man, why are you, like, why are you lying to me right now? So easy for me to see situations like that, like these isolated situations. Man, you're being disrespectful. Well, hey, Barry, like, you forgot that her dad abused her and that her mom is a meth addict. Like, you forgot. Like, can you see, like, how many giant steps forward this girl has taken over the last three years of just being part of this youth ministry and community, man, tell this girl that you're proud of her. Tell this girl that she's come a long way, and it's so easy for us to see these mistakes that young people make from time to time, and they'll make more of them. Man, I tell you, if you got young people in your church, they are absolutely going to make a mess, and it is going to be frustrating, but man, I sure hope that we can see, geez, man, these kids have taken enormous strides in trying to serve the Lord with all their hearts. My kids... Jax's eight, Scarlet's ten. If you were to ask our kids, if you were to say, hey, what are what are Tsons? They would say, Tsons are kind, Tsons don't give up, and Tsons do the right thing. That's what they would say. And oftentimes when I go into the room before bed, I say my I, I say their prayers with them. And Jax is hilarious because he'll I'll, I'll get him to pray first. And I'll ask him, okay, do you want daddy to pray? And he'll go, Yeah, yeah, I want you to pray. And and he'll go, uh, I want you to pray for me. And he, wants, and he wants me to pray for him because he knows every time I pray for him, I, I start my prayer like this. I, Jesus, I thank you that I get to be Jax's dad and that he is my favorite little guy in the whole wide world. And without fail, every time I say it, Jax goes, <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. I'll look at, I'll look at Scarlett and I'll go, Scarlett, you are the most beautiful girl in the whole wide world. You know, she comes down wearing a skirt. She loves skirts. You know, if she's not wearing a skirt or a dress, like, something's wrong. So Scarlett will come downstairs also, oh, Scarlett, you look so pretty today. But Scarlett's getting to the age where she's kind of like, dad. <laughs> but I know, I know there's something going on in Scarlett's heart where she's like, oh, oh, dad, say it again, please. Say it again. I love it. You know what, I think, man, I want to, like, I want to be the person that's filling up my kid's tank. You know, if we just tell kids more, hey, man, like, I'm so proud of you. I know you're having a hard time being a teenager, but I am so proud of you. Maybe if we said that a little bit more often, they wouldn't be going other places to try and find affirmation. Maybe they know, hey, all the affirmation that they need is here in the church. You know, I said it, but I wish I had said it more often. I wish that I had said it enough that kids started to get uncomfortable hearing it. Hey, I'm so proud of you. Oh, geez, would you stop telling me? You're telling me all the time. Yeah, you need to hear it again. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, baby. To a guy, obviously. Um, you know, I wish, I wish I had told Hallie Deckoff that I was more proud of her. I wish I had told Elijah Locke that I was more proud of him. I wish I had told Kaylee that I was more proud of her. I wish I had told Joe Harrison that I was more proud of him. I wish I had told Peyton Collins, and man, she grinded my gears. Man, she grinded my gears, but I wish I had told Peyton Collins that I was more proud of her. I wish I had told Brent Lankeek that I was more proud of him. Ruben Luzdrak, more proud of him. Wish I had told Tristan Miller, man, I am proud of you. 
Dude, your dad left you at a young age, and I know that you're having a hard time forgiving your dad, but I see you have taken massive strides to just try to fit in and belong to the family here. Man, I am proud of you, Tristan Miller. I wish I had just told kids, man, I am proud of you, because here is the thing about encouragement. It costs nobody anything, nothing. It costs no one in the room here anything to go up to a kid today and say, I'm so proud of you. Man, you're doing such a great job. Man, Jacob, I love the way that you lead worship. It would cost you nothing to say that. And Jacob will be like, yeah, I've heard that before. But you know what? There's probably something that happens in his heart that's like, man, that, that affirmation, that, it felt good. You know, tell George, man, George, I'm proud of you. You know, like it costs us nothing. It costs us nothing to be kind to each other. But I'm telling you, kindness makes a huge difference. Might be the most underrated characteristic that a person can have is just being simply kind. Man, I'm proud of you. I want to tell you, every young person here in the room today, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I really am. And you know, take it from an old guy that's not a youth pastor anymore, whatever. I'm proud of you. I know that the challenges of being a youth in today's day, man, they're difficult. It's tough. I know that it feels like sometimes you're just barely hanging on by a thread. I know that it's discouraging when you see other people that are your age. They're making these common mistakes, and you feel like, man, I feel like I'm about to be sucked into the vortex of being a teenager, and it's not going to go well. Man, I am proud of you for trying, and I am proud of you for doing the best that you can to serve the Lord. I'm proud of you for coming to a camp like this and just being like, man, God, I want you to have your way in my life. I want to tell you, it's people like you guys here this morning. You made 10 years of my life so, so, so special. And I look back, I'm sure there's youth pastors that look back on their time and they go, I hated it. Jeez, it was terrible. I'm telling you, I look back on my 10 years being a youth pastor, I loved it. I loved it. You know, by God's grace, I'm going to enjoy my next season just as much. It's going to be great. But it's people like you that made being a youth pastor so, so awesome. And I guess if I could encourage you, because this is my last message of being here, if I, if I could encourage you today, it would just be this. Run after him. Run after him. Run after God. You know, I think that it's easy. You know, we leave camp. And I know some of you have taken uh, some really, really big steps in your relationship with God this weekend. You have. Some of you, you know, like, some of you, like, the, the transformation in your life looked like this this weekend. And some of you, the transformation in your life this weekend looked like this. And guess what? I applaud them both. Awesome. Awesome. And you know what? There's going to be days where transformation feels really, really, really big. Like, God makes a big difference in your life. And I think that we can, we can look at an experience like this and expect that, okay, every day needs to be like this right now. And I would encourage you, man, your next days after leaving camp, all it needs to look like is this. You know what, I'm gonna put one step, in, or one foot in front of the other every day. And, and the transformation might be slow, and some days there are gonna be days like this where you take a big step forward, but other, there can be other days where it's like this. You know what, heck, there might even be a day where you end up like this. But guess what, 50, you know, 50 years from now, of, of consistently stepping forward. You might not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not here anymore, right? Come on. Thank God you're not here anymore. You know, and I want to encourage every young person here today, just put one step, one foot in front of the other, and I promise you, just little obedience. There's this quote by Eugene Peterson. 
and he describes this. He says it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a long obedience in the same direction. And Lord, I'm just going to obey you every day, and I promise you that the transformation that you see in your life over a long period of time is going to astound you. I want to pray for you. Lord, thank you. Every person here today, every young person that's come to camp, Lord, I thank you that you've done amazing things in their hearts and lives. Lord, they've positioned themselves to hear from you, to be in a position to be changed by you. Lord, you've broken through in, in their lives in some miraculous ways this weekend. And Lord, we're grateful for that. Lord, I want to thank you that your word says that he who began the good work is faithful to carry it out to completion. Lord, you keep doing what you can do as they keep doing what they can do. And Lord, I want to thank you for every adult here too. Lord, I thank you that there's such a culture of family in this church that is willing to mentor the next generation and look out for them. Lord, I pray that we would be people that are proud to encourage the young people in this church. Lord, that we would see ourselves as people that are helping these young people get from point A to point B to fulfill all that God has for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.